there's um, there's not a lot to say. It, uh, it's my very great pleasure to introduce Brian to you uh, for a second time. Come and join me, Brian. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Welcome him. Um, we, uh, we, the leadership team, have invited Brian to preach with a view, and that is exactly what he's doing today. So he's preaching with a view to us listening to God as to whether he's calling him to lead our church. And we believe absolutely he is. So um, we have a uh, lunch planned after this, and then Brian will be doing a, a Q&A after lunch. Uh, and then we have a special church meeting arranged on Tuesday evening at 7.45. That's for members only, uh, where we will listen to God uh, and ask him that question. So let me pray for you now very quickly. Father, thank you for Brian and June. Thank you for bringing them safely to us this morning. And I pray, Lord, for your anointing on Brian as he speaks to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Live now, that's it. Well, thanks for the uh, prayer and the invitation to come and uh, preach with a view um, to hear God together um, as to whether I should be here or not, <clears throat> whether we should enter into that uh, relationship as uh, a family to walk together in ministry and mission. Uh, we did arrive safely, as you can tell. Uh, we, we, it took us one minute and 45 seconds to walk here. Um, but it took us an hour and 45 minutes to drive here yesterday. So just as well we drove yesterday and not this morning, otherwise we could have been tight for time. Um, but thankfully, Steve let me know ahead of the time that roads are a little bit uh, otherwise uh, under repair. So um, we had to take a big detour, which um, was fine. Um, it's great to be here and uh, to share God's word with you and to explore this journey together. I... I, I thought the children were going to be in. I know a lot of the young people are. I thought the children were going to be in. Are you in? Yeah. You're in. You're staying. Poor you. Eh? <laughs> well, I'm glad you did, actually, because I've got a, I've got a little thing that um, I, I sort of prepared. Uh, do you like balloons? Yeah? You, you, you no, sure? I'm popping. You, yeah, I'm not going to pop it, don't worry. Well, not, not intentionally, anyway. Um, or burst it. I've got a daughter who hates balloons. Uh, she's not here today, that daughter. Um, we, and I wouldn't have done it if she was here because she would have just left anyway. So, um, but balloons. Do you like balloons? Do you like balloons? Yeah. Yeah. They're useless, really, without air in them, aren't they? Yeah. So I'm going to um, ask one of you, doesn't matter which one, choose which one's going to come up and give me a hand. <laughs> now, now you st- it's, it's going to be, what's your name? What's your name? Peace. 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 Come here. No, I'm not going to ask you a blade. Give her a round of applause. Come on. Peace. I'll blow it up for you. Okay, because at the moment... The only thing balloons are good for is, and that's not nice, is it, doing that to people? So I don't want you to do that. So we're going to put some air in here because then the balloon really does come alive, doesn't it? Excuse me for one minute. Now, it becomes significant now and of some purpose, doesn't it? So please hold that for me a moment. You're not going to cause me problems, are you, Peace? You're not going to cause me problems, are you? Let's try that. Let's try that once more. All right. Try that once more. Please do a knot on it. It's fine. Oh, do you want me to do a knot? I'll do a knot. Do you want to do a knot, or should I do it? You can't do knots. So I'll do it. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to pop it. It hurts. I've done that before. It hurts. I'm a wimp, really. So now it's safe. I think. Ready? If I let go, 
up. I'll let go. Okay? You ready for this? You sure? Oh. <laughs> now, that's it. That's exactly you're just doing the right thing. You're starting to have a lot of fun with that balloon, aren't you? Why are you having a lot of fun with that balloon, Pete? It's got air in it. It's got life in it, hasn't it? It's got life in it. You know, sometimes um, there's a danger of our lives, isn't there, being, um, being sort of um, filled with nothing, really. I don't know whoever wants a balloon. Feel free to, uh, to take a balloon. There we go. And I don't know. Sorry, apologies if it hits you in the face. Um, it was supposed to be, sorry, I do apologise. And over there, there we go. Um, now, you can do what you want with those balloons. You can leave them down. You can, you can inflate them. You can put air in them. Um, you know, sometimes I think our churches are sort of empty balloons, filled with empty balloons, and people just don't allow the breath of God to really fill them. You know, um, one thing that we, we, we lack sometimes is um, remaining like little children. I, I've been told that I, I haven't grown up yet. And I thank God for that. Because I don't want to grow old and boring. Now, if you spoke to my children, which I hope you don't, they'll probably think and tell you that I'm old and boring anyway. Um, but hopefully not. But I want to remain filled with the breath of God when I get older. I'll tell you a little story very quickly, then that's the end of the children's talk. Normally children's talks are received better than the adults' talks. But anyway, for the purpose of what I did plan, um, sort of, um, <coughs> is I remember when I first became a Christian and I was going back to my home group telling them of all what God was doing. I was like a little child being spoiled. And I, you know, do you like being spoiled, Peace? Yeah. Do you get spoiled a lot? No. No? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to ask who the parent is, but whoever's... <laughs> Emma, is that Emma? Amy. 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 Sorry, I got a name wrong. How? Well, you should be spot more. All right. Anyway, okay. That's, <laughs> but in a nice, healthy way, okay? Because it, it seems being spot isn't about getting loads of stuff, by the way. So if you're hoping for the next iPhone 11, yeah, with love. You got it. You've heard it all before. She's had the lecture. She's had the talk. It's not about materialist things. But, Mum, I really want that. And I will love you even more if you get it from me. But it's about having the exuberant joy of the Lord in you. You can only get that through getting the Holy Spirit. And when I used to go back to my home group and say, Oh, God's been doing this. God's been doing that. I remember one person saying to me, Oh, I remember when my days were like that. And I thought, How sad. So we've got to remain young, right? And if anybody tells you, grow up, say, no chance. <laughs> Life's too short to grow up, okay? So enjoy life and continue to allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. <laughs> so You don't need to clap. I, somebody nearly clapped. You don't need to. You've done it once, and I feel very, very blessed in uh, having a round of applause. Um, so that brings me into the passage that we got today in Acts 2. You as a church are following the book of Acts. You are so fortunate. That's probably the, one of the best books to, to engage with. Um, but we've got to remember that it's not a book of thoughts. It's a book of Acts. Okay? It, it should cause us to get into action. doesn't mean doing more. It's more about being more what God had ordained for us. He wants to anoint us 
with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to read um, a part of Acts 2, not all of it. Um, I'm going to jump um, a section of it, um, and I'll let you know when I get there. But we're starting at verse 1 anyway. Uh, I'll read from the NRSVA. The coming of the Holy Spirit, it says in this version. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Verse 5. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered was bewildered. Because each one heard them speaking, that's the apostles, speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it then that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. So Peter addresses the crowd on verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose them to be, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all people, all flesh, on anyone, and poor, and, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. We're going to jump um, and skip verse 19 um, and jump right through to verse 36. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel, the entire house of Israel, know with certainty that God has made him Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified, whom David had spoken about, the, the David they believed in, the David they understood, the David they could be certain whatever he said was God's word. When they heard that they had crucified, the response was, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you... For your children and all who are far off, 
or far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Bear in mind that save yourselves is let yourselves be saved because you can't save yourself. It's through the Lord that we're saved. Verse 41, so those who welcomed his message were baptised and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And in the final bit, um, life among the believers or the embodied community community of the gospel people or came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles all who believed were together and had all things in common they would sell their ipods and their ipads and their computers and their whatever you like they sold no it didn't say that i've just paraphrased that very heavily they were would sell all their possessions or their possessions and distribute Distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, um, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous or sincere hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the day and day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Wow. Thanks be to God for his word. Let us just... Pause for a moment and receive some of that. Just receive some of that. Father God, we want to receive your word this morning. I want to receive your word this morning again. Um, uh, give me a fresh revelation of what you want me to say. Um, don't, um, don't let me get in the way. I pray that we all uh, discover something fresh about your word as we open it up and allow your spirit to minister into each of our hearts. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here we are on the journey of the book of Acts. I'm sure you know Acts all too well. Uh, It's, again, another passage where we could do with a lot more time. Uh, Graham was saying, you know, this book of Acts, it's a bit like a box set, he says, isn't it? It's a bit like a trailer. Each chapter is just like a trailer to unpack and discover more of what's really going on there. He gave a brief introduction last week. Um, talking about why Jesus was telling his disciples, wait, I promised you when, um, um, when I was with you that you will have an advocate when I go um, and, and you will receive this power, this comforter, this friend, um, this power from heaven, the third person of the Trinity. Uh, so wait for it and when it comes, you will know. You will know when it comes. Then he talks about the appointment of Matthias because of uh, Judas Iscariot um, hanging himself. Uh, so they had to draw lots and um, talking about how to select leaders. The Bible is full of different ways of doing that. And then he concluded, so what does that mean for us today? But his, his emphasis was um, the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, the church is dead. Without breath in a balloon, the balloon is pointless Without breath of God in us, without the Spirit of God in us, the church is pointless. There's just no, there's no purpose in this in this world for the church if it isn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke um, is writing this, as we know, as the church starts to unfold, as the church starts to breathe life. Um, and to expand, not just numerically. Yeah, it's lovely to see numerical growth, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about healthy, growing, messy church. Okay, Growing, healthy, messy churches. Because in the reality of life, 
um, church's mess. Graham was talking about the imperfections of us, um, and that's what makes church really messy, us, uh, as he talked about last week. And, um, but that doesn't mean we can't grow healthy, messy churches. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to be healthy churches with messy lives, if you get my meaning. Because this day of Pentecost was, I guess, quite a mess. 3,000 people coming to salvation that day. Goodness me. You know, we get excited when one. <laughs> you know, yeah, hallelujah. Look at that. We got a conversion. We're going to have a baptism. Yes, quick, open up the floor. Let's get them in. Let's get them. We're about to baptize about six people, I think, in our church. And they were like, yeah, wowee. And we, you know, we get excited. Six. This was 3,000. We couldn't cope. We go, whoa, no, 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 we can't do it because we have to finish at a certain time. <laughs> We've got to finish. <laughs> you know, I've got the dinner on. I've got my mum coming. And I've got to clean the house. You know, we get a bit panicky, don't we, because it ruins our day. How did it ruin their day? It ruined their day. Even if you were like, uh, we baptise your name in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit next, and he's just going like that. Still 3,000 people. You know, you'd get a backache, wouldn't you? It's absolute crazy. So, you know, what would it have been like? I have no idea. It would have been chaotic. It would have been messy. It would have been messy. And we pray for that, don't we? We pray for an outpouring. We pray for this to happen. But are we ready? Are we really ready? Yes, let's, let's, we've got to say yes. We have to say yes. And we'll just, we'll just change everything. And those that can't go with it, go. <laughs> we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. But Pentecost was that period of um, change. The, 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 the law becoming written. It's the fifth, 50th day um, after Passover. And the um, early um, century, the first century Jews would be celebrating this because of Moses going up to Mount Sinai and uh, coming down with the written law. And Luke's sort of writing this with, with that in mind. Um, and, and he's writing that Jesus now has ascended and he's brought down the, the, the word of the Spirit in us. For us, available for all of us, even you, even me, me who was a who was a, a right pain in the neck, still a pain in the neck, you know. But but God says for all people, doesn't matter what your lives are like, doesn't matter how messy they are. Thank God for that, because if I had to get my life in order first, I wouldn't have been filled with the Holy Spirit, because I'd still be trying to work it out. So I thank God that I'm learning as I'm going along, because. I, I can't contain or retain or comprehend the complexity of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, doesn't it? The Spirit moves where the Spirit chooses. And like the wind, it comes and it goes. And, but you see the effects. When you see the effects of a balloon being blown up. If it's got if it, in my pocket, you didn't. I couldn't put this in my pocket now, could I? It's too big. But as you see the effects of the breath of God, it has life and it gives us life. We become living stones. So, so Luke's got this in mind where Moses brings the, the written law down and now he's, he's comparing this. This is the, 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 the law according to the Spirit. It's released. It's unleashed. You can't stop it. You can't control it. You can only accept it or reject it. If you accept it, you'll never look back. You'll say to yourself, why didn't I ever 
do this before if you've never done it before. And it's not about, you know, it, it's, it, it's, they're trying to, descri- trying to describe something that's indescribable. Um, tongues of fire, so, sort of like that, and, and like a violent wind sort of stuff. When I was a youth worker, we, we had an upper room in our church, and um, we had a little kitchen in there, and I, I got this massive speaker, it's a really powerful speaker, and I put it in the kitchen, and it was a wooden floor, and I was teaching on the Holy Spirit, I think for the first time actually, and uh, we had a bunch of young people, I don't know, 20, 30, I can't remember now, it's a long time ago, and, um, and we're talking, and I was doing a gentle talk, and then um, I got my, my techie guy in the back room, it's Andrew's dad actually, and um, my, my son-in-law, his dad, and, and, he, and he slowly built the volume up, the bass, and it was like... And, and the young people were sitting there quietly and they like, started looking at each other. <laughs> and, and the floor started to vibrate. We're trying to capture something of what it may have been like. And all of a sudden they're looking at each other what's going on? The building's going to collapse! <laughs> and, and, but we you know, try to grab something of what was going on. It's quite hard, isn't it? It's, it's really hard. But Tom Wright, um, N.T. Wright says this, Pentecost is far more important that you and I are out there in the wind, letting it sweep through your life, your heart, your imagination, your powers of speech, and transform you from a listless or lifeless believer into someone whose heart is on fire with the love of God. Now, you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, you can be a channel for healing, you can be um, a part of what God is doing miraculously, but if you haven't got love, we know what the Bible says about this, then you're just a sounding gong. You're, you're empty, you're an empty vessel. You've got to be filled with the Spirit's love, the love of God, the desire, the hunger, the thirst of God. You know, um, we all get thirsty and we all make sure that we... we, we nourish our thirst and and quench our thirst. Um, But spiritually, I think sometimes we're in danger of putting the lid on. Uh, And Pentecost is about lift your spiritual lid up. (coughs) Lift it up. Keep it up. Don't put a lid on it. Keep your spiritual lid open. Don't hold back. Just wait. If you need to wait on the Lord, then wait. If you need to step into what God is doing, step into what God is doing. I'm not talking about projects, programs and events. I'm talking about the movement of the spirit, that which gives us life. Not just life eternal, life now in a real, relevant, radical, refreshing way. Not like me, not like you, not like John, not like um, Richard, but just as you need it. Just as God has ordained it for you. It doesn't have to be like anyone else. God works within the, your nature and your character. He doesn't, he doesn't freak you out. The Holy Spirit is sensitive to you more than you can ever imagine. And what happens then is um, we get this sense of um, spiritual growth and, and the church has often been described as an, uh, a living organism. And it's not an organisation well, it's not an organisation, but don't throw the whole concept of an organisation out or order out because it needs ordering. Those 3,000 people, who's going to put 3,000 chairs out in the morning? Okay, How, Are you going to have another service or not? Are you just going to just let them wander off into Peterborough, wandering around looking for churches um, lost? Or are you going to try to, let, let's provide a home for them. So it's, it's really important that... We talk about being scattered servants, but it's important also that we gather together and make sure we're creating an environment that 
absolutely complements what God is doing. So order uh, and organisation is extremely important and we must not um, assume that uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter because it does matter. <coughs> you know, um, Graham was talking about the, um, our imperfections um, and I am certainly not the perfect minister. I'm certainly not the perfect husband or the perfect father or the perfect son. Um, I'm not the perfect person. Um, and, um, and you're not the perfect church. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and my wife isn't perfect. And my children aren't perfect. My mum's, don't tell her, but she's not perfect. All right? But what makes it perfect is our imperfection. That's perfect <laughs> for us because we couldn't cope with that perfection of, of a person. They couldn't cope with Jesus Christ on earth. They couldn't cope because he's perfection. They couldn't cope with the believers being filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, they're drunk. They've got new wine. They've had a few too many. No. If anything, they're drunk in the Spirit. That's a good um, drunk, drunkenness to be in. The fact that we love Jesus and welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have the perfect desire. If we've got the perfect desire, we love Jesus Christ. No matter where God takes us and who God brings us into contact with, it's going to be perfect doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's going to be perfect because it's God's way if we desire him. This chapter, in, in, a, in a nutshell, is about a message, a message that the, the, the first century Jews had heard about King David. Um, it, they know the scriptures, but they heard it in a new way. You know, when we open the scriptures, don't ever say, oh yeah, I know that passage. I know it all too well. The Holy Spirit and all that. Yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm okay. No, you're not okay. You need a bit more. I want a bit more. I want to be filled. I don't want to be a half empty or half full glass. I don't want, I don't know. Have you, who've, who, who's ever been told they're a half full person? Come on, raise your hands. Entertain me for a minute. Please help me out. No one. Half full. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. One or two people. Who, who's ever been told they're a half-empty person? Yeah. Does that offend you? Yeah? And good. It shouldn't. Because if we're going to be offended at all, if it's half-empty or half-full, we should be offended. Because life is not about being half-empty or half-full. I've been told I'm a half-full um, person because I'm always optimistic no matter what happens I, I look on the positive side um, but life isn't about half empty and half full it's more than that because the message does something to us it causes us to step into the mission of God it causes us to be a growing um, um, limb in the body of Christ in the in that new organism that's that's expanding at an un, unprecedented rates we are part of that growing organism um, Alan Scott, who writes uh, Scattered Servants, the book Scattered Servants, he talks about this in relation to the book of Acts. You see it, you see the word, you hear the word, um, and then you do it, you live it. I know when I became a Christian, I never read the Bible. In fact, I started reading the Bible um, because June was nagging at me, and she used to shove the Bible down the, down the sofa because I, I wouldn't let her be a Christian in the house. She could be a Christian outside uh, in the church with her mates, but she couldn't be a Christian in the house. So I was really nasty, but anyway, um, I, I've been forgiven on that. And she used to hide the Bible down. And I, when she was out, I used to pick it up and I used to open it up. And I st started the Genesis, obviously. That's where you start in the book, isn't it? Not in the Bible, you don't. Anyway, um, completely different. I thought, this is a load of old rubbish. And then she'd come home, she'd shove it back down there and I, I wouldn't look. Um, and, uh, but then when I gave my life to Jesus um, through the community of the, of the church, the fellowship that was in, um, 
I, I started doing. I started being a Christian. I started li- letting my life be changed because the word became real. The spirit was alive in me. And then I started to learn to understand. So what is that? What happened to me when they said, are you a Christian? I said, no, I'm not. And tears started flooding down my eyes. What, what was it about when I was at Stonely um, Bible Week and I was just saying, more of Jesus, more of Jesus. And then all of a sudden I found myself laughing. What was that all about? I don't know. At the time I didn't have a clue. All I knew is it felt good. And you know the other thing? I knew I could stop it any time I wanted because the spirit does not force us to do or to receive or to react um, without having control if we want to you've got full control God's given you that permission because he's a gentleman and he's gracious he's humble and he's willing to let you do it your way our way but if you let him do it his way you'll never ever regret it and you'll have those living moments which should act as a part of the building block of discovering more of what the spirit um, is able to do and will do so he says see it do it and then understand it just go with it but I need to just quickly um, give a, 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 an overview of this chapter so much here um, for those that want a, a sort of structure of how do I break this down so a text overview uh, before I hit with my main um, point, which is only one point. You'll be pleased to know. Here comes the power, Tom Wright says. This is the first spiritual wave like never before. It isn't about knocking people down and seeing people shake on the floor. It's about being filled with the love of God, with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the, um, the, the, the heart to Desire Jesus more in your life. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. If you love Jesus and you've become alive, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. You know, the biggest sign of the Holy Spirit, the biggest evidence of the Holy Spirit is loving people regardless. If you can do that, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. If if you're thinking, well, I'd love to be able to prophesy. If you've shared God's word with somebody at any time, in any way, You've done a prophecy. You've given a prophecy because you've opened God's word to people. You shared God's word. They, they may decide to reject it, but that's fine. In worship, you're prophesying by praising. You know, we, sometimes we get too hung up. There are particular people with gifts. Uh, I think I mentioned something along those lines last time I was here. But all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Verses uh, 5 to 13 says, these are new words for new news. Again, Tom Wright says that, and I've added on there, all things are now new. We once knew the scriptures in this way, but now we know the scriptures in this way. It's the revelation. So these half-baked um, God followers, half-baked, were now starting to think, oh, hold on a minute. Our glass is half empty. We need it full. Or it's half empty or half full. Whatever floats your boat. And on that day, something new happened. Verse 12 says, All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? What does it mean? You know, they thought that once the Holy Spirit was for um, specific people, uh, particular people at particular times for particular situations, and now God has done something absolutely radical. He says, Now, here it is. Out to all of you. Go, receive it, have it. Come on. 15 different nationalities in that reading we get. 15 different nationalities. So the church had grown phenomenally in that little speech that Peter gave. Um, so the church became richly diverse. And it is richly diverse. you know. Um, and we need 
greater diverse churches. I'm not just call, talking about um, um, different um, uh, nationalities. I'm talking about people on different walks of life. Each heard in their own tongue that caused a response. So and, they, um, and, and in verse 14 to 21 says, it's all coming true at last. What we once heard, it's now happening The wait is over. Chapter 1, wait for the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, receive it. It's there for you. It's ready. However you're willing to receive it, ask and it will be given. Indeed, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, all people, young, old, rich, poor, um, from whatever nation, um, whatever ability or not, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. The opening of the scriptures became a living organism like never before. Uh, Verses 22 to 36, this is the bit that I really skipped. David speaks of Jesus' resurrection, the resurrection foretold at the time of David. Therefore, verse 36 says, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him Lord and Messiah, this Jesus you crucified. We crucified. Wow. You know, when, um, when you realise that you're far off from God, for me anyway, when I realised I was far off from God, it just whacked me. I, I just didn't know what hit me. I, I was not expecting it. I realised that I needed to repent. I just did. I, I, I don't know, I didn't understand it at all at the time. But I was repenting because I was so far off. When that happens, you repent and you believe Something radical happens, and I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have got testimonies to that. You know, you start realising your glass is half empty or half full. You need to do something about it. You need to do something about that half empty or half full. Their eyes were opened to the scriptures. Matthew 22 says, 6.22 says, um, Jesus says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is unhealthy your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light in you is darkness how great is that light that darkness how great how powerful how dangerous is that darkness you know they their eyes were open to the scriptures the eyes of their hearts were opened and it started to do something. It started to change them um, inside. And, and P- Peter goes on, verse 37 to 41. This is God's rescue plan. Don't worry. Don't worry. God, God saw this coming. And God's got a plan just for you to be set free. Set free by God through Jesus Christ. So what should we do, they said. What should we do? Peter said to them, this, this, this fisherman, Peter said to them, this uneducated man, this man who Jesus was walking along the shore said, hey, today you're going to be fishing for men. What? What's that about? Oh, go. And he comes along anyway, and he starts to learn to understand what that really means. He just sees it, does it, and learns to understand it. Peter said to them, repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe spiritual gifts, maybe not. Don't worry about it. The most important spiritual gift is love. Love. The most important. All the other stuff will come. Ask for it by all means. Don't worry about it. Don't let that be, be your baggage. 
You know, don't, and I said earlier about verse 40, it says, um, save yourselves. No, let yourselves be saved. Let yourselves be saved is what the sentiment behind that text is really all about. So the, the church, the organism starts to take new shape and verses 42 to 47 says about the new family, the new movement of the people of God. The people of God. There's a wonderful a couple of commentators' uh, comments on that uh, passage. N.T. Wright says um, it's the new family of the believers, or William Willimon, whom I really like, who does a good commentary on Acts, says the gospel embodied in community. The gospel embodied in community. We start to have to work it out, live with each other, learn to um, work with each other for the glory of God. If our intention is to work together for the glory of God, then my guess is we've got the Holy Spirit in us. If it's to stand and, and push your personal agenda, then something needs to happen because it's not about my personal agenda. It's about us together working out God's agenda, God's will, God's purpose. So is your cup, your glass, half empty or half full? Where are you? How healthy are you growing in the spirit of God? What is your spiritual health like today? If it's half empty or half full, then you're leaving room. Oops, I thought I dropped that then. <gasps> All that stuff would have been on the floor. I'd have been in big trouble. Wouldn't be back here again, would I? <laughs> that would have been a sure sign from God then, wouldn't it? <laughs> but if you're leaving a space, a gap, what are you leaving a space or a gap for if you're half empty or half full? And I don't know about you, but I often get sin coming into my life without realising. And I don't notice it because it's very subtle, very subtle. Um, and you start to, you start to realise it when you think, hold on a minute, things are getting quite intense here at home or at work or with my neighbours or with my family, extended family or whoever. And before you know it, we find ourselves a bit further from God than we would really like to be. And that darkness, we've taken our eyes off. Um, we're perhaps letting our eyes be focused on things that are more of the flesh than of the spirit. Um, and we get infected, I suppose. We get our bodies, our lives, spiritual lives get corrupted. And uh, we need that constant flow, overflowing of the spirit. Um, would, um, would one of you like to help me? Peace. Come on, you're a brave girl. Peace. <laughs> Please, I, I just want you to um, hold this cup. Okay, if you come around so everybody can see the glass. Um, and um, see, when we leave our spiritual lid open, whatever is going on, put it in the middle because I'm going to get in trouble otherwise. I'll blame you. Anyway, is that all right? Um, when we leave our spiritual lid open um, for the spirit to be poured in, however, what a, what a, at whatever rate, some of us like it, we get like a big rush. Some of us just need it gently, gently going to the top and overflowing. Um, I got it. Oh, no, I'm going to show that kid for a minute. Because if we don't, all that stuff inside stays there and it festers, and you know it grows. It grows badly. Anybody here a gardener? You know you've got to have good soil to grow certain vegetables. Uh, and stuff, don't you? I'm not, I'm not brilliant, but I do grow a few things. And um, my potatoes aren't good this year because I put potatoes in last year, and you're not supposed to do that second year in a row, are you? I'm not very clever, see? 
so I haven't got good potatoes. But healthy, thing, healthy things grow. And when we leave our spiritual lid open, God is able to take, take that stuff out without us realising sometimes. Are you okay? Yeah. Good. Quite refreshing, actually. Oh, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Clearly spiritually filled young lady. Um, and sometimes we, we need to be reminded and to have this stuff washed out. But if we just continue to keep ourselves open, eventually God washes all that rubbish out. But our spiritual is got to remain open because the minute we close it, it'll start getting infected again and corrupted. But God just wants to fill us constantly, day in, day out, night in, night out. And for some of us, it needs to be gentle. It needs to be gentle for me. I'm a quite high-energy person. You need to know that. Um, But I need that gentle filling of the Holy Spirit every single day of my life. I wake up wanting more of Jesus. And if I wake up realising that I haven't been searching for more of Jesus, I need to get back into that place because my cup is starting to to, to deteriorate. I'm starting to um, allow it to evaporate and a gap starts to to form. And if I'm not careful, something's going to get in there that's not going to help me. But if my spiritual lid is open, um, then God is able to fill it again. If you'd like to put the cup down, that's fine. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And then we get this wonderful, clear life. It doesn't make us 100% perfect, but it makes us ready for God's perfection. Okay? Ready for God's perfection. Because we are going to be perfect one day when that time comes. So where are you with the Holy Spirit? How is your spiritual life growing? It's got to be growing deeper and deeper, wider and wider, broader and broader. I want to give us just an opportunity to listen to God and to wait on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite Becca back with the, with the band. And um, I want to invite you just to think of... I was given three words for um, us this morning. Um, uh, and um, these are the three words. Step up, step out, and step in. We step up in God's word. We step out in God's mission. You, you may well already be involved in mission. You don't have to say, I want to be involved in mission to be involved in mission. You, you know the criteria for it is? Just be where you are. Just be where you are. God has placed you there strategically for a reason. He's ordered it. He has ordered his organism, the church, just how he wants it. So we are to step up, step out, and step into the presence of God wherever we are. Here now, and wherever we are tomorrow, this afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, step into the presence of God. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll see things happen. It may be very gentle. Praise God. Because I don't think I could cope with um, 3,000 people coming to faith that day. I don't think I could. I'll be totally honest with you. I haven't got enough forms to fill in. You know? um, but seriously, you know, God works in ways that is right for us. As a church, as individuals, as a community. He just wants to continuously fill us afresh. That's not playing for some reason. It's, 
I stop. All right. It was it. it I, I got a confession to make. I left my memory stick at home, so I had to rebuild the PowerPoint this morning. Um, so um, I had it on repeat, and it's not working very well. But just grab this moment, this, this holy moment, as the, uh, as the group minister to us. I'll say a few words, and then I'll hand over to Becca to uh, bring us into that place. But just, um, just remain where you are. Just feel yourself relax. Breathe in. Breathe out gently. Time to let go and let God. Where are you in your spiritual life? Is your cup half empty or half full? Is your spiritual life half empty or half full? Have you shut the lid at any time? Is it time to open that lid again? Don't go back to what you once experienced. That was for then. This is for now you for what's coming next it's time to let yourself be open and more to the movement of the Holy Spirit we were told to wait wait in the presence of the Lord relax physically mentally spiritually empty ourselves maybe if that's where you are It's time to attend that one-to-one divine appointment with Jesus again. Just having an attitude to praise him, to let him minister and change the atmosphere. If you feel at any time you would like prayer, just put your hand up and one of the ministry team will come. I won't, I'm not going to, I'm just going to remain here. But one of the ministry team is going to come and pray for you. If, If you just want prayer, whether you want another a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, um, maybe something else. That's between you and the ministry team. It's time to let go and let God in preparation to step up our spiritual desire, step out from any apprehension, fear, worry, doubts, or preconceived assumptions of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whatever it does, it's good. He knows you better than you know yourself time to step in to his holy presence and allow yourselves to be ministered to by his perfect holy spirit the constant flowing of the living word spirit holy spirit we welcome you holy spirit we welcome you right here right now right in this place